0: Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform, whether you are transforming yourself, your team, your business, or your community. We'll connect you with insightful and challenging leaders who share their stories of successful transformations to give you practical ideas for your own journey. Join us for another insightful episode of Creating Synergy.
1: Welcome to Creating Synergy, podcast number one of many. Today we have Michelle Holland, serial entrepreneur, <laughs> director of Synergy IQ, the, the culture and strategy department, I guess you would say. She is a co-founder of an online music program called SAMI um, and also the author of three amazing books, one Thank being you. her very, very latest, Culture Inc., which is normally there's a banner of culture and yeah, there it is. <laughs> beautiful right in front of me so welcome Michelle thank Thank you you. thank you for Um, having me you had no choice (laughs) (laughs) so first and foremost we'll start off with being director of strategy and culture how did you get into this world of culture leadership strategy
0: Mm. I've had a very long journey in in that space I started uh, actually I started as an accountant funnily enough in my career but uh, quickly decided that numbers were not my thing but i really liked problem solving so i started in uh, in human resources i transitioned over to human resources And after many years of being in human resources and discovering all of the things that kept going wrong in human resources, um, like getting into, you know, conflicts and all the rest of it and helping managers deal with issues and deal with their culture and and whatnot, I recognize that there's only so much you can do when you're, you know, you feel like you're putting Band-Aids on all the time, uh, taking people to the commission and and fixing problems after the fact. Um, I really recognize that actually the real work is in in the setup work so in culture and in leadership so um, I focus most of my career in that space so even when I was working uh, as a senior HR strategist and manager in a number of organizations my focus was always on the culture it was always on supporting the leadership it was always on working with the executive to ensure that their business was set up to enable the people to do their jobs I still managed the HR departments in that those uh, roles as well. So we had people who were, you know, going around and fixing the problems as they needed to be fixed. But my world was very much on that strategic HR, looking at the workforce overall, looking at the culture overall. And uh, I quickly, well, not so quickly. It took me quite some time, but eventually I uh, gathered my courage up and decided to start Synergy IQ. At, and at that time, I was just uh, this is six years ago now was working as a freelancer, working with businesses around the place, just doing some uh, leadership coaching and working with them on their culture as well and doing some consulting in that space. After a few years, recognised that there was a real need in this area that uh, businesses were asking for help all the time. So um, decided that Synergy IQ needed to be a little bit bigger, which brings us to today, which is uh, we focus on culture leadership and change we have a number of people that are supporting businesses across australia which is you know really exciting um, that the the business has grown to where it's grown so fast and so far so that's been exciting for me and it's enabled me as well to be able to focus even more strongly in the culture and the leadership space
1: beautiful how's the business going
0: Seems to be going pretty well, thanks, yeah, Dan. Yeah,
1: just got to get a plug in there. <laughs> yeah, that's I forgot yeah. I've got to introduce myself at the start. <laughs> yes, that's so, right. Um, <laughs> um, I've
0: got some great business partners, <laughs> so yeah, it's really
1: good. <laughs> yes, yeah, it seems to be growing quite quickly. Uh, yeah, some, some bit of traction. I think it's been doing some good work. Especially absolutely, in yes. Culture and change.
0: In culture, yeah, culture and change, and the leadership space as well. We've got uh, we've got projects going on in all those different areas and different businesses around the place. So yeah, the, the business is going very well and. uh, growing and growing and growing so it's yeah yeah I'm I'm pleased I'm happy.
1: So being an author of Culture Inc Mm -hmm. you would and obviously knowing a lot about the industry you would you would see some pretty fantastic leaders out in the world and you would also see some quite indifferent (laughs) yeah leaders I guess. (laughs) Tommy what do you believe is a great characteristic or great characteristics of of leadership?
0: Great characteristics of leadership. Well, to be honest, it actually depends on the day of what I focus on because there's a number of things um, to being a great leader. Fundamentally, however, it's about being a good human. Like if you're a good human, you can be a great leader and that's, I think, where it starts. Um, I've seen a lot of really, really good people in good Leaders like good leaders um, really beat themselves up because they feel like they have to measure up to this caricature of leadership that we, um, you know, authors and you know, I'm one of those people as well. So, we put out there into the world almost this um, unrealistic version of what a leader should and could be. For me, it's always just be human first. So, you know, we recognize that as a leader, we are human. And we are dealing with people, and that I think is fundamental. That fundamental characteristic. I heard
1: a I heard a saying once uh, was, uh, "Well, actually, I saw someone walking down the street." And they had humankind on their T shirt. Yeah. And then underneath it said be both. Yeah. And nice. I went, Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. This is pretty much along with it. Absolutely.
0: Saying. Yeah. We should get some of those T shirts yeah. printed. That's it. That's great. It is really. I mean, it's not about not managing things the way they need to be managed. You know, there's leadership and then there's management. And great businesses need both. So they need people who are going to be able to manage the stuff. They need to manage the projects. They need to manage the outcome. They have to manage the finances. They have to manage those things. Like They have to be able to manage and they need people who are going to lead, that they're going to have the vision, they're going to have the direction, they're going to see the bigger picture. They're going to be able to inspire people and create an environment where people can feel motivated and ready to work and give their best.
1: Is that something you see quite – will happen quite often where a leader will be promoted, I guess, purely based on their technical skills and then fall short on their leadership ability.
0: Yeah, I think it's happening less and less. Well, when I say it's happening less and less, I think the desire to just promote based on technical is happening less and less. People recognise that. To move into a leadership position or to promote someone to a leadership position, they need to have not just management skills, but also leadership skills. Uh, I still don't see it happening as often as it could. If there is a choice between are you a great you know manager of budget over are you a great leader, the manager of budgets still seems to be winning. You know, what is the technical element? So we still have the, to lead an engineering team, you have to be an engineer. So it's the technical that's being prioritised over the leadership, whereas leadership is actually a transferable skill because it's about who you are, not just about what you're doing. Yeah. So managing, and yeah, you might, to manage a engineering team, you might have to, have that understanding of how to manage an engineering team but whether you need to be an engineer to be the leader of that yeah. team you know to be the CEO of an engineering company uh, I would challenge that
1: yeah absolutely or uh, Steve Jobs famous quote you know mm. uh, don't hire great people and tell them what to do absolutely that's right to
0: tell you what to do. totally totally yeah, so you hire people thing. to do their job and allow them to do it give them guidance give them boundaries give them all of those things that they need to have so you know i guess going back to your question about the characteristics of great leaders it really is about being able to create a inspirational vision for the future which helps people to get inspired about where they're going. That, to me, is probably the fundamental of great leadership. When we start breaking it down into people leadership and technical leadership, functional leadership, all of those sort of things, then there's other characteristics, Mm. you know, that we could talk about. But fundamentally, it's really be a good human, treat people like they're human in a nice way. In a kind way, not nice, in a kind way, Um, clear as kind. And think about, you know, think about yourself in that position. That's, I think, the fundamental really is what do I need to feel inspired to do my job? If you can answer that question, it's generally similar for others around you.
1: How do you take into account being nice and kind when pressure's on from above? Mm. Is that when true leadership is shown in those situations?
0: Well, I think yeah, it's definitely where the leadership rubber hits the road, so to speak. When things are not going well in businesses, that's when the challenge of leadership really starts. You can still be kind even when you're going through a really difficult period if anything, it's even more important to be Mm. kind. You don't necessarily have to be nice. So nice, I kind of get rid of that word. It's about being kind because if um, an organisation is going through significant change and, you know, obviously this is part of what we do on a daily basis is work with businesses that are going through uh, masses amounts of change. um, There might be redundancies. There might be a complete shift in the way people are working. People are scared. To be able to be kind In that space, being able to be really clear about the communication, being clear about what's happening, being as transparent as possible, as early as possible, these are the things that actually make great leadership, you know.
1: Is kind another word for constructive?
0: I think kind is definitely part of constructive. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I'd have to think about that whether… whether they are interchangeable, but yeah, pretty close to being yeah. interchangeable. I mean, constructive is, yeah, I have to think about that one, I think. Mm. I would have to park that one for the next, uh, well, we next podcast. Well, often hear constructive,
1: <laughs> giving constructive feedback, I guess, is, is, yeah. is, a, is a true mark yes. of a leader is that. Yes. Um, when you say clear is kind, and we'll touch on Brene Brown yes, a bit yeah, later. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we love, we love Brene here at Synergy IQ. <laughs> clear is kind, meaning, meaning, meaning yeah. Quality feedback, transparency, constructive—is that word coming into it? Or yeah, not? yeah,
0: it does. It does definitely uh, transparent and definitely constructive yeah. comes into it. I don't think you can be kind um, without being constructive yeah. in it. That's probably a way of because otherwise you're dropping into that nice place yeah. instead of the kind place you know so kind really when we talk about you know clear as kind and we do use that um, we use in our own culture obviously as well as when I'm teaching people leadership and doing different programs we use clear as kind a lot and it really is about transparency it's Mm. about what do they need to know to be able to get their job done what do they need to know so that they're not sitting there Fearful about mm. what's happening, you know, because if I'm keeping stuff to myself that I know is actually making somebody nervous out there, then that's not very kind, is it? No. If I'm not giving feedback to somebody because I'm afraid of how they react, I'm actually holding back an opportunity for them to get better. Mm. That's not kind.
1: Mm. No. So
0: being able that's to good. be kind, I think it's more of a motivation thing. Constructive is probably the way in which you do it. You would, okay. Yeah. yeah that's probably the way I would put it. Thanks for clearing that up. That's quite all right. Clear as kind. Um,
1: <laughs> so given that leaders today in pressure environments, I want to just sort of unpack this a little mm. bit more, mm-hmm. often turn to old habits. Oh, yeah. So how do we, as a leadership conglomerate, get better? <laughs> at managing some of those old behaviours that come out to play when the pressure is on.
0: Yeah. Look, and it is classic. It's absolutely classic that when the heat is on, we'll default to whatever our default position usually is. So um, it might be that we default to being a people pleaser because that keeps us safe. Uh, Whatever keeps us safe really is what we tend to default to in situations of pressure. So if we have a very, uh, I guess, well-practised leadership position of being constructive and open and transparent and kind, if it's well-practised, that actually could be our default position Mm -hmm. when we're going through pressure. However, if it's not well-practised, it might be a new position because that's a lot of like, people that we work with. It's, you know, we're introducing them to new concepts. They're trying their hardest. They're trying to flip their behavior from being defensive into constructive yeah. behavior. So um, it's, it's
1: when well-practiced. Awareness, well-practiced awareness is, comes first. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So anytime we're trying to uh, shift a behavior, shift anything, awareness has to come first. So I need to be aware of what I'm doing before I can actually change anything. It makes
1: it other people... absolutely
0: so and it's about acceptance as well right so I need to be able to go I'm aware that by holding back information it's detrimental to the people that I'm working with and I need to accept that it's my job to make sure they're not uncomfortable in this situation so what then action do I need to do to create something different and that might be really uncomfortable for me to do because normally Mm. I'm like I keep things close to my chest Um, I don't want to share because you know knowledge is power Mm. Uh, it might be that I don't want to say anything because I don't want to hurt their feelings and I don't want them to be upset with me you know particularly if I'm delivering bad news you know nobody likes to deliver bad news this I don't think there's one person on this planet that would say they enjoy having a um, you know tough performance conversation with someone or a redundancy conversation with someone or a this has to change and you can't do that anymore. Conversation—they're not fun conversations. Nobody right. loves to do them, but it is part of that role that you take on. It's the obligation, what I call the obligation and the um, the privilege of leadership.
1: We uh, we did a couple of workshops together you know, a few times before. We did <laughs> <laughs> a couple of um, workshops a, couple, of a, few a few times. A couple, a couple of, uh, <laughs> we many. Sure did. Many, and one of the ways in we described that was leaning into discomfort. Yes. Yes, can you very much. Expand so. that on that a bit.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I was having a, a conversation with a group of leaders this morning about this exact thing um, because we quite often say, you know, we need to lean into that discomfort, or you know, great leaders are comfortable being uncomfortable. And I don't necessarily believe that we ever get comfortable being uncomfortable because there's always a, a level of uncertainty that we're in. But what we can do is we feel it. And we do it anyway. So, you know, the definition of courage is not that I'm a superhero and I'm going to fly in and save the day. The definition of of courage is I feel the fear and I do it anyway. So that's leadership, you know. So, leaning into the discomfort, I know that having that conversation is going to make me uncomfortable and I need to actually lean into that. I need to be okay with the fact that I'm uncomfortable. I also need to be okay, so accept this is the acceptance part. Be okay that you're going to be uncomfortable when we're having this conversation as well, mm. because if I can't be okay with that, I'm then going to go. Oh,
1: Find ways to avoid. But if Dan's yeah. not going to be
0: comfortable, then I can't have that conversation. You, you, you change yeah. your language almost. You to, totally to change suit your language,
1: the, which is sometimes good, but it can be an opportunity lost in it.
0: Oh, look, as soon as you try to please somebody yeah. else and try and to change your behaviour and your language to because you think that's what they expect of you, it, you're, yeah. you're done there and then. You need to be uh, – this is where that authenticity comes into it as well. You need to be able to be authentic in yourself, utilise your own style. Not everybody's the same. Not all leaders are the same. So, you know, when we go back to that conversation about characteristics of great leaders, when you look at great leaders, yeah, you could probably pull out things that are very similar and, you know, there's a million blogs you'd mm. Google characteristics of great leadership on Google and you'll get 8 million hits, yep. right? So people do that. But fundamentally, it's about who am I, how am I turning up, what's my style of leadership and how can I get the best out of the people around me and myself so that we can actually deliver what we're promising to deliver.
1: Mm.
0: You know, it's kind so of
1: values, like, personal values will uh, come... Absolutely, play a big part in it.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Fundamentally, your values are what's going to guide you. So, so that's uh, the that
1: "who am I" piece. It's isn't it? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the other uh, Brene Brown quotes that um, I love to you know spruik is, "Who you are is how you lead." Mm. I was delivering a workshop in Sydney just before Christmas, and we were doing uh, values work with this group of um, I think it was forty five leaders in the room. Yep. And uh, we walked in and said, I'm going to do some values work. And we started doing this personal values work. And uh, as they're doing it, I was listening and I could hear on one table there was a conversation about, oh, why are we doing this? You know, why are we doing my values? got nothing to do with it. Shouldn't we be exploring the company values? Because there are company leaders, right? So I was listening to that and uh, and so I brought the group back together and said, hey, just want to have a check-in. I've just overheard somebody say, I didn't point them out, <laughs> somebody say, why are we doing this as a personal, you know, basis on our personal values? And uh, my response to them was because who we are is how we lead. If we are not clear about our own personal values, about who we are deep inside, then we're not going to make clear, kind decisions for ourselves or others Mm. you know our values is what guides us you know it's not just something that we put on little pieces of paper and stick on a wall they will guide us through our decision making so personal values are essential Mm. and understanding your personal values understanding your triggers what puts you into your values what puts you out of your values people who start to step out of their values that's when discomfort happens yeah like real discomfort
1: yeah, and that's when you can, when I mean, the level of self-awareness increases, you can almost call yourself out.
0: Absolutely.
1: When you are playing against your own values.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you make you make decisions based on these things as well. So, the same as companies use their company values to make decisions, well, that's the intent anyway. <laughs> it doesn't always happen that yeah. way. But the intent is that we have a set of company values so that when we are faced with a decision, then we have a guide for decision making it's the same as personal values yeah. so if your personal values are respect let's say respect needs to be you know it's respect for self respect for others respect for the situation whatever it might be if i'm making a decision which is not respectful mm. then i need to really charge myself to think about whether that's going to be the right decision to make or not yeah absolutely so it's about
1: accountability so all that being said mm. Is there a shortage of great leaders <laughs> in today's society? From what we see out in the world and yeah. some, some of the clients and people and what we see on TV, some leaders that are leading mm. countries, What are we? Uh, is there oh a God. shortage of, of great leaders? Yeah,
0: well, let's not go into politics because I think the strong answer would be yes there. But yeah, I, I actually believe that we, we do have a bit of a leadership crisis and it's not that there is not enough leaders out there and there are some really good really good leaders and there's some really really great leaders there's a real inconsistency with leadership and I think there is an element of fear around being a great leader as well so there's that fear around it Um, and also because of that thing that I mentioned earlier that we've got this caricature of this great leader, everybody's so focused on trying to be that caricature, they're not actually being a good leader mm. because they're going, oh, no, I have to do this, I have to do that and it doesn't feel right to them and they're spreading themselves too thin or they're trying something or they're, you know, it looks like they're trying too hard yeah. with, you know, what they're doing. So, look, there there are some really good leaders out there. Uh, there are some really poor uh, managers and lack of leadership I don't know if you can be a bad leader because you're a leader or you're not a leader Uh, you could be um, someone who doesn't demonstrate leadership but um, yeah I mean recently I had a situation where a very senior person told me about their manager which you know senior global company doing some really terrible terrible things that I thought left us in the 80s Yeah. But are still happening today. So that that to me is a challenge. You know, that's a challenge when I'm still seeing in twenty twenty behavior that should have been, you know, gone, should is a four letter word so (laughs) that we we shouldn't be seeing. No. In 2020. It's pretty remarkable. I do are. know
1: that story. We won't go into that. No, one, we won't. But, uh, no, we won't. It but it deep. does. It
0: was a jaw dropper, you know, but uh, but it's still happening. You know, yeah. we, we still get phone calls about behaviors at work. We still get phone calls about uh, managers and leaders, you know, so-called leaders yelling at people in the workplace today. Mm-hmm. And yes. if that stuff is still happening, that's telling me that there is a big leadership gap because if that can happen within a business, there's something wrong going on at the top. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, bash the CEO and the executive team. That's not what this is about. But if that's happening within your business, you need to pull your socks up and do something about it. There's them.
1: lack of alignment to the values. There's definitely lack a of, lack, uh, yeah. Lack um, holding people accountable to yes. the values as well.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So... Just while we're on talking about great leaders Great leaders and, and, and not so great leaders One of the greatest, I guess And the greatest researchers Would be one of your biggest influences Brene Brown we've, mm. we've dropped her name a few times Yeah, we have Before like along Brene? with J.K. Rowling Oh, well, that, yeah uh, Yeah, don't JK. get me started on,
0: on Harry Potter We'll be here all day
1: <laughs> We won't no, um, <laughs> So just tell us a little bit more about Renee, I guess, and the work that she does that really inspires you and mm. the work that you bring to, to your clients and, and just your know, people around you yeah yeah
0: great um yes I I've been a big fan of Brene Brown for a really long time um, I was introduced to her work back in 2013 uh, funnily enough at that time I actually rejected it because she was talking about vulnerability and I was not ready to um, yeah. to walk into that space uh, but you know a number of years later and a lot more uh, study in uh, the work that Brene has done I essentially for the last probably two or three years have embedded a lot of the principles of her work into the work that I do, whether it's um, one-on-one coaching or whether it's leadership programs, I've always embedded her work. If, you know, people don't know who Brene is, I would be surprised because most people do, but <laughs> there are still one or two people that don't know who Brene Brown is. Uh, she is uh, probably the world's most renowned expert in vulnerability, shame and belonging. And uh, last year, not last year, what are we in now? 2020, so in t- 2018 it would have been now. She released a book called Dare to Lead and Dare to Lead was – Uh, Her work, which was very much based in a one-on-one individual social work counselling kind of space. It was very much about the individual person who I am as a person. She took that work and did some research around how that work actually impacts in the workplace and how leaders can um, embody this work and become better leaders. So she spent about seven years doing this research. So she took her social work, you know, who I am yeah. kind of work and put it into to workplaces. Now the reason she did that was because she was getting phone calls from Google and Pixar and Nike and all the rest of it going, hey, we've read all your work. This is awesome. It's changing my life. How can I bring this to my team? How can I bring this to the workplace? Yeah. So um, she wrote Dare to Lead to enable that work to be brought to the workplace. So
1: is it a step-by-step guide on how to become a better leader? Is that the, or is it stepping into vulnerability? Yeah, it
0: is. Uh, It is a guide, definitely. I don't know if it's a step-by-step guide because it's all about personal leadership journey. It's a personal leadership journey. And it's very hard to do a step-by-step because what it's all about is it is accepting vulnerability, you know, accepting that we're all vulnerable and what does that mean for us? So it, it's really about, there's four key skill sets in Dare to Lead, um, which teaches courageous leadership. Mm. So um, that's what the book is all about. So when I read that book, I was so excited because I was, you know, already embedding a lot of her work into um, the leadership work that I was doing. And I know a number of other people have been doing that as well. Vulnerabilities, like talked about, I swear, at every conference nowadays. Yeah. But uh,
1: Especially after a, well, ten- a TED Especially
0: tool. after her TED Talk, yeah. And
1: Netflix special. <laughs> and well.
0: absolutely and everything else. So when I read Dare to Lead, I was like, this is awesome. This is exactly the sort of stuff I want to be teaching the people that we work with this for, um, in leadership. And, uh, you know, I just had this kind of – wouldn't it be great if she just developed a leadership program and I could go off and learn her leadership program and yeah. bring that back and put into place? Um, well, about a month later, she released yeah. to her network, hey, we're going to be doing dare to lead facilitation training. Apply now.
1: And you were one of the lucky ones to be selected
0: I was in the very first cohort of well the Dare to Lead program so so you
1: met Brené Brown I did meet Brené Brown I know um, you know putting this a show on for a, <laughs> No, I at, did so, meet Brennan. So tell was she? Was was she like? Was she tall? She short?
0: she, she's is shorter she, than me. She's shorter than you. She's shorter than she's me. I couldn't believe it. She seems <laughs> a lot taller, but I think that's just you know her her presence. Uh, she's an amazing person. So and she's a very authentic leader in herself. She practices what she preaches. Uh, that's you know part of the fundamental things that I learned being in the room with her. But I was yeah I was lucky enough to be in the room with her for three days learning the Dare to Lead program that she'd created with her team uh, which essentially takes the Dare to Lead book and embeds it for people within the workplace which is amazing. So yeah I got to be one of the first facilitators to go through that program with Brene So I flew over to San Antonio, Texas never been to Texas before was expecting a bunch of cowboys to be walking (laughs) down the street but there wasn't (laughs) it was a very very lovely, lovely town Uh, yeah, spent three days uh, with Brene and she facilitated the full three days as well. Uh, her team was around her. that It was just amazing. Her facilitation skills are, are astounding as well. So I was uh, very fortunate. The cool thing was is that we actually went through the program ourselves at the same time as her teaching us about the research that sat behind it. So yeah. it was a real deep dive for me and I'd been working with Brené's work personally for about two years and sitting in that room that was the first time that vulnerability because remember I got introduced in 2013 this was 2018 uh, it was the first time that the vulnerability thing sunk in for me Mm. and I went
1: oh my god Mm.
0: yes vulnerability is Freaking essential to be a leader. You have to be able to embrace. That's a
1: discomfort thing? Or total discomfort. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's uh, so the definition of vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So you name me a time. So
1: uncertainty, risk, emotional exposure. Emotional
0: exposure. Yeah. So anytime you feel a sense of risk, you feel a sense of uncertainty, you feel a sense of emotional exposure, you're in vulnerability. Mm. Now, I would challenge any manager, people manager or leader to tell me a time where they haven't walked into a room with one of their people and not felt those three things. Mm. So it is an essential part of being a leader. The real key to that is acceptance of vulnerability as part of leadership. That's where that leaning into discomfort really comes into play. So um, yeah, and these—I mean, these are the things that we teach, you teach. in the Dare So to you, you
1: you came back, and we were very lucky as a as a team at Synergy IQ to go through the the program itself. And I think for us, we went from strength to strength, mm. purely not because we deep dive uh, into our own psyche, I guess, and mm. behaviours. Uh, however, we got to know the people in the room, yeah, and what not made them tick, but what uh, really meant where their values laid and what meant a lot to them. So yeah. um, I yeah. encourage a lot. So so just with that, mm. you offer programs publicly and
0: but yeah yeah. So last year I think we um, we put through about sixty five people yep. through the Dare to Lead program, either internal or external, and that it, it was every time I run this program I I feel humbled and privileged um, by the sharing that people do in the room uh, because it's a true inside out leadership program so you know there's programs out there that'll teach you the step-by-step guide to having a performance conversation this program actually teaches you and helps you to prepare yourself To get the most out of that conversation, to prepare yourself to be able to walk into that discomfort and enable somebody else to feel uncomfortable so that you can get the best result for those people, you know, because if you're unable to let them feel uncomfortable, then they're not going to get the best out of it either. So this is, um, Brene actually calls it a primer course, which okay. I quite love. You know, you put the primer on before you paint the primer, wall. Yeah. So this sits under every single program that you could run in a business. So if you want to run a, a bullying and harassment course for example you have to have leaders that are actually willing to have the courageous conversation around that if you're doing uh, diversity and inclusion programs in your workplace you have to have daring leaders having conversations that are really uncomfortable mm. and saying you know what we want to have a diverse workforce yet every single person that's sitting around this executive team and this senior management team has a white face mm. and we need to do something different here You know, and they're uncomfortable conversations to have. And if you don't have the skills of being a daring and courageous leader, then it's hard because you might get kicked, you might fall down. And if you don't have the skills to get yourself back up again, that's tough.
1: Yeah. That's
0: a tough place to be. It is an amazing program. I, yeah. I can't say enough about it. And every time I run it as a facilitator, it's like a little mini um, therapy session for me too. So I'm like, oh my God, I thought I'd work that one out. I'll just write that one I'll down that and talk down. about that later. I've seen, you, I've
1: seen your book. It's got 20,000 posts. <laughs> it <notion> does. <laughs> Moving on to 2020. 2020. So we're in 2020 now. Can you believe it? Which that? is pretty good. I can't believe it. The large scale change that is happening across the all industries Mm. at the moment specifically digital but yeah yeah all industries are going through radical amounts of change what type of leader will take us through the next decade what are some tips and tricks i guess or some starting points for businesses to start thinking all right we need to handle change better Mm. uh, deal with change on a different level to what we did before
0: yeah absolutely look i think you know, we've been going through quite a significant change. They call it the digital era. The last ten years of pretty much being the digital era, so that's not stopping anytime soon. The the transition to more automation, the transition to more technological advancements, the ability to do most things online, the, the communication challenges that we have, as well, the new generations coming into the workforce that you know are very much communicating with their Phones, You know, and they, they communicate by looking down, not looking into other people's yeah. eyes. That's just how it's they worrying. communicate. It is a bit of a worry. So the the socialization skills that are going to be needed when this next generation goes into the workplace is really important. And I think for leaders into the future, that's one element that they're going to have to deal with. So it's not just this, this whole, um, we're going to transition into a new digital age and I have to get all the baby boomers to understand that the computers are now ruling the world the next generation they're not going to have that challenge the challenge they're going to have is actually teaching them socialization skills that ability to walk across the office and interact with another human being in a way that's actually constructive and kind that's going to be the things that they're going to have to be teaching
1: is another expectation of this new breed i guess the expectation that things should just work.
0: Totally. I mean, technology is their world nowadays, right? So it's like if I'm walking into a workplace and the tech is really old, they're going to be frustrated and challenged by that.
1: So is that an issue around staff retention then?
0: uh, It could be. It could Mm -hmm. be. I mean, it's, it's... you know, they're brand new going into the workplace right now. The other thing that they're looking for is a bigger sense of purpose. You know, we've seen that with uh, what we call the millennials, which seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger Uh as a generation. It used to be, you know, um, thirties and whatnot, but now it's like 40 to, 15 (laughs) I think it just keeps you know growing and growing but the the group of people that we call the millennials have been coming into the workplace looking for more meaning in their work you know more purpose Mm. and it's really interesting because actually uh you know some of you know people when you talk about these young people coming into the workplace they say they're not they're not loyal they don't stick around they are really loyal and when they find a business that provides them with that purpose, that innate purpose, that they feel like they're doing something meaningful, they feel like they're doing something good, they feel like they're able to grow and change and contribute, they will stay. Mm. They will absolutely stay. It's when they can't feel that stuff, you know, not just, and the technology is crappy, but when they can't (laughs) feel that stuff, that's when they'll go, you know what, I actually don't have to stay. Whereas in the 50s and 40s and whatnot, yes, you had to go get a job. And you had to stay in that job because, you know, it wasn't the dumb thing to move around. Now, it's like, you know, you're in a job for two to three years and people are like, whoa, you've been there so long. Mm. <laughs> you know, so, it's just so, the way it is.
1: So, that's that ties in with the, the culture of the business then but, mm-hmm. and the leadership really drive that culture
0: absolutely that's right and it's look when we go back to thinking about what the leaders role in all of that it's very much about those true authentic leadership skills that they need which is that setting the vision making sure the environment is set up so that the people that you're hiring in they can actually just get on with things and they Mm. can get on and do their job they're not going to know everything There are still things that we have to teach them. You know, they're not going to walk out of university into a job and know exactly how you run your business. They're not going to know exactly how to deal with your customers. They're not going to know exactly how to interact in a work-based environment. That's stuff that we have to teach. And Mm. I think the sooner that leaders and others within the workplace get, that the new people coming in, they're not work ready,
1: mm.
0: but guess what? Neither were you
1: yeah, when still, you started, I right? i still to, not ready.
0: Were, <laughs> that's right because, you know, it was back, you know, you think about in the 60s, 70s, whatever, a lot of the time people walked into the workplace and they had what was called a foreman, Yeah, you know, and the foreman was the mentor. Yeah. They were the person that took care of the new people coming in and yeah. taught them the you know, the ways of being. Why would we think that anything's different now? Mm. You know, so our job as a leader And this is probably the fundamental job, is to set up the environment of the workplace to enable people to be able to perform at their best. That's it.
1: Say that again. (laughs) Enable people. To
0: enable people. So, to create the environment, to enable people to perform at their best. Brilliant. So... There's lots in that, obviously, about yeah, yeah. how you create that environment. That's why
1: I want you to say, yeah. But that is <laughs>
0: fundamental what it is. That's yeah. my job as a leader is to create the environment. It's not to inspire you. It's not to motivate you. It's not to change you. It's not to make you happy. It's to create an environment where you can be inspired, you can be motivated, and you can be mm-hmm. happy. That's my job as a leader, create the environment.
1: Good stuff. Right. Now, part of the podcast... Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: I don't think I signed up for this. I'm out.
1: <laughs> we're going to just shoot off. because we're trying not to keep these things around half an hour. And I'm probably guaranteed we're we've gone over, over that. Is to just ask some quick fire questions. Put you on the spot. Okay. Test your leadership skills. I guess. <laughs> no, 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 no. My um, thinking skills. So if you could put something on a bumper sticker, what would it say? Uh, I think...
0: It Well, there's many things. I mean, clear as kind already of on a bumper sticker, so I can't use yeah. that one.
1: <laughs> You've got it on your mug as well. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. do.
0: Um, I think uh, something that I say quite a lot, which c- taps into my curiosity, is the question not asked is the question unanswered.
1: The question not asked, not asked is
0: the question left unanswered. Yeah, I like that. So that's gone on my T-shirt.
1: <laughs> I said bumper sticker, but that's good. Well, my bumper sticker <laughs> as well. <laughs> So if you had a soundtrack of your life, give me one song (laughs) that would be on that soundtrack.
0: They're all 80s songs, yeah. much to your distress. I was born 80s, boy. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Uh, probably something like um, Walking on Sunshine or oh, Wake yeah. Me Up Before You Go-Go. We Built This City. We Built This City. <laughs> <laughs> that's is <exactly>. that 80s? <laughs> that's 80, I think that's 80s, <laughs> late 80s. Yeah. Yes. Well, it depends. Or if I'm feeling a little dark and depressed, it's Bring Me to Life by Evanescence.
1: Oh, okay. That
0: would be my other... That is a ripper. She that, has an amazing voice. She has an amazing voice, yeah.
1: So you mentioned earlier... This is quick fire questions, but yeah, I'm, going, it. It. Like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going. to just okay. <laughs> the lesson that <laughs> what's the lesson that's taking the longest to learn?
0: Uh, the acceptance of vulnerabilities,
1: probably. No, yeah, no, acceptance I was of vulnerabilities is, is, is the one that's taking me yeah. the longest. Yeah, I didn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so finish this sentence. Leadership is.
0: Leadership is essential. Essential. It's essential. Yeah. It is really, I think it? without leadership, then businesses come to a halt. And leadership is whatever the person makes it into because it's a personal journey.
1: It is. Hmm. What are you reading right now?
0: What am I reading right now? I am, I actually listen to a lot of audio books and my audio, audio booking. In right my audio booking. Um, so the audio, audio book that I'm listening to right now, which I'm listening to two, one is Quiet by Susan Cain, which is all about introverts and stuff. I'm about halfway through that one. And I got a bit distracted into um, an audio, it's not necessarily a book, but it's, you know, a lecture series um, by Pema Chodron, who's a a Buddhist, which is awesome.
1: Brilliant. People can look into that. (laughs) Yes, I can. On the reading, what is one of the best, other than Brene's leadership, programme series. Yeah. All her books are amazing by the mm. way. So start start there. Oh, yeah. But um what's another leadership book that you would recommend to people if they've read all the Brene stuff?
0: If they've read all the Brene stuff and they really like Brene's kind of um, writing style, then anything by Simon Sinek is good as well. Uh, Leaders Eat Last is great. Uh, His latest one is awesome. Um, And also Daniel Pink. Daniel Mm -hmm. Pink is very underrated. He doesn't have the same uh, celebrity status as some of them do, but his work, he research quite deeply. His latest book, uh, which is called when i think it is it's all about timing okay timing of life so when when's the right thing to do during the day during your life what happens when yeah wow it's a really interesting a book particularly if you're you know, more advanced, let's say, in your uh, career your and life. Um,
1: so Simon Sinek for the starters.
0: Simon Sinek for the starters, yeah. And then
1: for the more advanced, Daniel Pink.
0: Yeah, role. Daniel Pink, and he's a really uh, accessible writer yeah. as well. He writes beautifully. Movies. Yes, yeah. To
1: sell as human was one of my. Yes,
0: to sell as human is excellent. Yeah, and a whole new mind is one of my favourite
1: books. So, what do you do for fun?
0: What do I do for fun? Uh, write books. Well, I actually yeah. do. I write. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I do for fun. I'm working on a um, fantasy novel at the moment. Oh, yeah, I'm creating a whole new whole one. new world. So that I do for fun.
1: Excellent. And what's your best dad joke?
0: This is the one that I use all the time. I love this one. Two elephants fall off a cliff. Boom. Boom. <laughs>
1: That's horrible, and that's why. It's it's, a dad that's why it's to yeah. As a dad, I can appreciate that. <laughs> that's it. exactly Brilliant. right. Brilliant. Well done. To be <laughs> thank you very much, Michelle. <laughs> no that no is problem. the uh, the end of. Uh, thank you for me asking you all the hard questions, you, yes, I guess, and no what worries. leadership might, what leadership means to you and and to the rest of the world. So mm. very insightful. Thank no you. No worries. Thank you. Glad um,
0: to be here to have a chat.
1: We're going to be continuing on with the creating synergy journey. Mm-hmm. It'll be yourself and probably myself mainly, but you will be joining every so often. Every absolutely, so often, Hold me back. asking all the hard questions on <laughs> yes. with me. So uh, that's right. Looking yeah. forward to where this might take us and some of the people that we can speak to. Yeah,
0: I can't wait because we're going to be talking about, um, I think, in the next few episodes, coaching. Um, both on an individual basis and a team basis, yep. and uh, and looking at a few other things like storytelling at work and what that means. So,
1: so the flavour of the podcast will be leadership, culture, change, all things transformation,
0: transformation yeah. from a
1: personal level to a business level. Yeah, absolutely, sounds, sounds pretty exciting.
0: It's pretty good. I can't wait to listen to them. Well, I
1: think we're going to go on a bit of a transformation journey I ourselves we while will. we're <laughs> listening to all these great speakers. So, thanks totally. again. No worries, uh, thank over you. and out. Cheers.
0: Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump onto the Synergy IQ Facebook page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please
1: share it with your friends.